0: through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. Good evening. This is William Jackson, and I'm looking forward to this wonderful show with Ms. Shabai and learning some wonderful information from her and about her, particularly about her book, Growing Up X, about her celebrated uh, mother, Dr. Betty Survive, and, of course, her father, Malcolm X. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm fine, William. How about you? I'm I'm doing awesome right now because I get the opportunity to talk to you.
1: Well, gosh, that makes both of us. We're both two awesome people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah, that that is absolutely true. Well, I just I just wanted to say, well, thank you for the opportunity to talk to you, and I appreciate you taking the time um, out of your busy schedule just to spend, you know, a small amount of time with us. And I, and I have to be honest to say I'm really, really excited to talk to you and get some information from you and just to share um, some information and life experiences about yourself, your family, your mom, your dad, and just basically your feelings about what's going on in society and you know, in our various communities. And um, I, have, I have a few questions to ask, but I just don't want to keep it specific to some questions because I want some personal ideas and opinions from you as well. So, um, again, I, I really appreciate this opportunity to talk to you and you taking time out your schedule to talk to us.
1: Okay, terrific. Okay, let's go for it. All right, let's get started.
0: Okay, and if I'm in in any error about anything, please feel free to to correct me because I'm sure a lot of people know about your accomplishments and what you've done during the course of your life. But um, your book, Growing Up X, um, more people need to read that. And I was wondering if you would be able to share some information from your book about yourself growing up that people were not aware of?
1: I think, you know, it really depends on who people think Malcolm X is. And my father was basically a very compassionate person of great integrity, impeccable integrity. Most people forget the social climate, and you know, it's the reason why we have someone like Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass, Booker T. Washington, Denmark Vesey, Matt Turner, Dr. Martin Luther King. You know, it's the reason why we have these pioneers, if you will, because right. they are fighting for social justice. People like Nelson Mandela. You know, these are not people who are violent or, uh, you know, people who just want to fight just because they want to fight. It's people who have the courage, the resilience, the tenacity, the compassion to stand up for their people and to stand up against injustice. And so that's who my father is. And, And because my parents were such loving individuals, um, we grew up with a lot of love in our home, and, and you know, it was just, it was a regular home with, you know, we watched Soul Train on Saturday mornings, okay. we went to school, we, we went to our grandmother's house for Thanksgiving, you know, because that's what grandmothers do. But we called it, you know, right. time to get together with family. Um, my sister's birthday just happened to be December 25th, so we got to celebrate okay. that. But, you know, I know one time I went in our living room or in the living room and I took some stockings and I put them by the chimney. I was a kid, a a little girl. I put them by the chimney and I couldn't wait to wake up really early to see if Santa Claus, you know, what Santa Claus was going to leave and Santa Claus didn't leave anything. (laughs) So, you know, we we grew up like, you know, regular children with parents who, you know, were very loving, very trustworthy, very... um, very caring, compassionate individuals, right. and, and, and it was exciting because there were six girls, and we had our little crew, you know. And, it, exactly. you know, it was exciting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. Well, since, now since you mentioned it was, it was six of you,
0: how, how involved or how much did y'all understand the work that your dad was doing, Malcolm X, and the community? Um, how involved was he? You no. know, a lot of people have read a lot of things about him of course, the movie that was made. But as children growing up, how much did you know about what your dad was involved in in the, involved in in the
1: community? Well, I think depending on which of my sisters you talk to, um, we may each have different answers. So I can only say for myself, um, I didn't know that my father was – I knew my father was a great man and but because my mother made sure that we knew about daddy not about okay. the person who was an active you know, not about the icon because she sheltered us right. from a lot of things because, you know, she had already experienced such trauma when they were chasing her husband with loaded shotguns and, and, and you know, firebombing our home and so forth that she was overprotective with her girls. And right. she would always talk about daddy, the good, you know, the loving father that Humorous dad, the, the 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 one who would want you to, you know, strive for your best by every by any means necessary means right. give it your best, you know, be your best self. You know, people think by any means necessary means you go get guns and you know, but that wasn't what he meant. We, that we have to be our best and full self in this life, you know. And so, right. um, for so I didn't know about Malcolm X the icon because. My mo- in order for my mother to teach her little girl, or me anyway, that, about the icon meant that you had to teach about injustice and racism and, and right. all of these things, and she didn't focus on that. So when I went away to college, you know, I was 16, and, and that's where I learned about the icon. I mean, I knew okay. because there was a movie that was done at some point uh, there was a movie, I think it was Make It Plain, or There was some movie, I don't really remember. And I know, I remember going and seeing the Black Panthers, you know, and right. and, and watching this movie and getting an idea that, I just knew my father was someone great. Okay, exactly. So mm-hmm. so, grown up, did you think, and as you got older, learning
0: more about what he was doing in the community, did you think at some time that, in some cases, um, Malcolm X was misunderstood, but I think in some cases people really had to listen and really understand where he was coming from. So as you were
1: growing up, did you think in many cases people misunderstood him? You? you know, I grew up very happy and proud to be who I am and very proud of my parents. I didn't really hear, like, the negative things. Um, people that I went to school with, you know, their fathers would always pull, and these are, like, you know, white, Jewish you know, kids and their fathers Wrong. used to always pull me in the study to tell me how great my father was and you know, I'm sure they were really checking me out as well. Um, okay. but I didn't I didn't grow up hearing negative things, you know, about my father. I think uh, once I got to college, you know, it was shocking for me because people expected me to be something that I wasn't and, right. and you know, and that was a big challenge. And then, you know, today we, we have to understand the importance right. of history. When you go to, say, you know, we, we can look at Egypt. Everybody wants to claim Egypt. And when you look at any ancient um, civilization, they had monuments, you know, that, that, rep, that were a reflection of who they are and a reflection of all that they can be. So that empowered them. And so we have to understand the importance of history you know, not just as African Americans, but people, right. you know, overall. The most effective way to progress as a nation, as a people, as a family, as a unit, is to know that, you know, that your ancestors did something great, you know. Right. So all of these things stand as a symbol to empower us, to let us know who we are and, and, and the capabilities that we have and our obligation to society and, and really a map on our role as a human being, right. you know, that you're right. supposed to contribute something to society before you pass away. Right. You're not supposed to just, you know, get as, much, as, much, as many, you know, Louboutin shoes or, you know, um, gold bracelets, right. beautiful homes, but that you're supposed to find a way to give back and leave something before you move on to the next place. Right.
0: As I read different um, materials about him, I've read um, By Any Means Necessary, uh, The Life and Death of Malcolm X by um, I believe the gentleman was Peter Goldman and a couple of other literature, you know, Mm -hmm. the importance of education. And during the course of reading about his life, how in many cases he was self-taught and he loved to read and his his favorite thing was to read and to learn as much Mm -hmm. as possible, but also to share it with others as well as, you know, you're so eloquently saying the importance of sharing that information with others. So that, that leads me to my next question. You know, being the daughter of uh, Dr. Betty Chaval, I'm sure your mom has <laughs> in you and your sisters the value of continuing your education, and I'd like to know how do you as a family unit also help support that that thirst and that quest for education in the community activities and events that you participate in?
1: The importance of education, Um, well, my mother was an educator. You know, I have a master's in education and human resource development. Right. It it is important young people understand the importance of education, that it's not just about memorizing text, but that it's about, you know, empowering yourself and understanding that once you have, you know, different forms of degrees or whatever kinds of education you're getting, that. That's something that is absolutely yours, and, you know, that it takes you to so many different levels and and places and thoughts, and, you know, I am definitely one that believes in the importance of education. I mean, what did my father say, education is our passport to the future, for tomorrow belongs to those who prepare for it today. Right. You know, it was always so important, and no matter where I go around the world, all parents want the same thing for their children, and that is for them to be educated. And so I right. think if we have the opportunity to do so here, we should absolutely take advantage of it.
0: Right. And as a teacher myself, um, I teach engineering and technology. And one oh, of the wow. things that, that I run across, yes, man. <laughs> I teach it at elementary school here <laughs> in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Right. So whenever you're in the area, let me know, and um, I'll give you a tour of my school. Okay, but, um, absolutely. You know, so, so from your experience, has, community, has that, that thirst for education, do you think, in your opinion, has diminished or has it, has it been deflected or is it still as strong as it was in the past or do you think there's other situations and circumstances kind of weakening or distracting that thirst for education?
1: Gosh, I think that there are many people of African descent who are, you know, undoubtedly pursuing higher education. It is our responsibility, those who are educated, to reach back to those who are not and who do not understand the importance of an education, that we go back and and that we help them and and, and help them, you know, understand the importance and how, you know, it it is, you know, can definitely enhance their lives. Um, I think that there are so many other distractions, yes, I was just talking to a friend of mine who happens to be white, and she and her husband were asking me, why are African Americans no longer practicing Kwanzaa? Okay. Because she thought that, you know, 10 years ago, when she had first heard of it, 10 or 12 some years ago, she just, and this is just an example, and she thought that, wow, that's great that they, you know, stick together and they they, they built this way to celebrate, you know, within their community, just like Jewish people, you know, various cultures um, have, you know, different kinds of celebrations during the holiday season. So I explained to her that, you know, that, you know, people still celebrate Christmas on the 25th, but Kwanzaa, you know, it's still somewhat celebrated, but it kind of shows strong family unit 15 years ago, you know, what's happening because it is important that we come together as a community. And I think that that was the, the reason that uh, Molina um created Kwanzaa, right. you know, so that right. the commu- to, to keep the community strong, you
0: mm-hmm. know.
1: And I, and I think when your community is strong that, you know, we're better able to be educated in all the things that we used to do. Right. Like yeah. the Rosewood and, and all the other communities that, oh, yeah. you know, built. Yes. Yeah. hmm
0: what, as an activist in your community um, can you share with us what organizations that you're a part of and what do you hope accomplish what do you hope to accomplish being a part of the different um, organizations that you're that you're a member of
1: well let's see you know when my mother was alive I was with the links I don't know if you're familiar with them there uh, uh They're African-American women's organization, and we go out and empower disenfranchised communities so that when people look up to see who's helping them, that you see people who either look like you or people who are just, you know, African-American and concerned. So I was involved with a lot of those types of organizations with my mother, but then I, you know, my mother passed away. I sort of moved away from it because... Okay. It was a little sentimental, um, but I, I have a wake-up tour, which goes out and you know I lecture at various campuses, you know across the country. I participate on international delegations. I'm on the board of the Harlem Symphony Orchestra, you know, New York City Opera, mm-hmm. you know all kinds of. Even though I'm in different organizations, it's like I'm invited to many programs, projects, and so forth to be helpful. Okay. And so, you know, I, I, that's the way I, uh-huh. I help uh-huh. out. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. is, there, is there
0: anything upcoming soon that you would like to share with us, um, any events or book signings or projects that you're involved in? Cause, because you're, 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 for our listening
1: audience, no, you're located where now? I'm in New York. Um, okay. I actually have a children's book that is releasing January 7th. And it. it's called um, Malcolm Little, The Boy Who Grew Up to Become Malcolm X. And my website, oh, wow. okay. yeah, website com or very easy, growingupx.com, um, has all of my information on it. Okay. So during your, and I don't want to give too much away, and that's an
0: interesting title, uh, uh, reference to Malcolm Little. But so you basically talk about how he's, how your father grew and matured from Malcolm Little to Malcolm X. Is that correct? Well, actually,
1: this is a children's illustration book, and it's about the values that were instilled in my father when his parents were alive. Um, My my father's father was also assassinated um, when my father was seven, and he was a Garveyite, and he was influential influential in getting Marcus Garvey released from jail when he was – arrested for a supposed or allegedly um, mail fraud. And mm-hmm. um, my father's mother was the, the national secretar- uh, recording secretary for the movement, for the paper and so forth. So they were two activists, you know, really solid activists. When you have activists, you know, as parents, you know, they make sure that their children are conscious and that they are prepared to survive and thr- and. Um, thrive in this world And so exactly. it's about Instilling values in your children So that they can be Compassionate and organized And, and wanting to learn All those things that my father was You know, didn't mm-hmm. miraculously Happen, it was because his parents right. Instilled these values in him And then when his mother was, His father was killed, his mother was put in An institution, actually my My grandfather was Killed while gathering a petition to take the U.S. up on charges back in the 1920s for violating the human rights of okay. um, African Americans back then. Um, right. It wasn't the United Nations back then. It was the League of, uh, the League of Nations, I, I think. League of Nations, called yeah. It. Yeah. So, you know, my father just really followed in the footsteps of his father. And, and um, so the book is really, it's just about the importance of family, the importance of leadership the importance of education, the exciting childhood that he had. And, you know, when he lost his parents, the book after that is the young adult book, which comes out okay. in 2015, which is just uh, called X. And that focuses more with the, the high school, college age. Uh,
0: well, we're going to be looking forward to that. So we have, we have to keep in contact. We so all know, you know, when that comes out, and maybe we can have another dialogue on those two books to really um, educate community about you know the importance of continuing to read this information. but one of the other things I wanted to ask you about was um, you mentioned quite a bit about responsibility of leadership, being accountable, um, helping the community and be involved in the community. And one of the things that's interesting to me, do you think the current um, quote unquote black leaders or community leaders are involved as they should be in the black community? Um, do you think that they're going in the right direction when you're talking about education and technology and politics, or do you think they, they need to be uh, more involved and more boisterous about particular, particular areas of particular subject matter?
1: Well, you know, I'm not a real gossiper, and, and my thing has always been, you know, when we talk about leadership, we're talking about ourselves. And it seems mm-hmm. that a lot of times, you know, we point and we say they're not doing this for us, they're not doing that for us, black leadership is, you know, sucks or black leadership is great or whatever, but, you know, how right. one feels. But I think the most important thing is to understand that we are, you know, the leaders that we seek, you know. And, and so right. we have to ask ourselves, are we uh, being good leaders? Are we being good role models? Are we, you know, advancing um, our communities? You know, what what is our agenda? What are we doing? Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, what? How do you think the Obama administration is doing so far, um, as far as addressing issues, not just with the African American community, but overall here in the United States, the social issues that we're still still dealing with? Cause even in the second um, election, there was still, you know, the connotations of, you know, racism. racism is still prevalent in the United States. You see, we see what different political parties like the Republican Party is doing, the Tea Party movement, those things that are happening in our, in our country even today and the words that have been stated. So how do you feel that um, President Barack Obama is doing, is trying to improve our country, and what obstacles do you still see that he, he still has to overcome in relation to well, racism? You know- right.
1: But I You know, President Obama is one person, even though he's the President of the United States, and and so I think to be overly critical sometimes, you know, is unfair. I think that he's doing a good job. Um, would I like him to do, you know, more? Of course. But I think that because he's been in office, it was an opportunity for us to put forth a great agenda and then make sure that that agenda was, was carried through. Um, and, and so, you know, it's almost like we have to ask ourselves, what agenda did we put, you know, what agenda did we um, compile, and how are we um, making sure that this agenda is addressed? You know, how are right. we ensuring that he's working for us?
0: You know, because we are limited by time. But one of them yeah. deals with, um, I'm a graduate of an HBCU, Historically Black College University, and I attended South Carolina State University. And my question is, uh, do you feel that HBCUs are supported enough or do you think that they need to be supported more um, by the federal government and state governments to bring more African American youth or youth of color the opportunity to obtain an education?
1: I don't think that we need to depend on anybody to do the job that we need to do ourselves, and and that was the reason that we had Malcolm X, right. and and I think that was the reason why um, a lot of us have been brainwashed to think that we shouldn't follow Mal- the ideals or the you know the the role model Malcolm X.
0: Okay. We
1: have to do for ourselves in the 1960s the way they or 70s the way they got. African Africana studies, African American studies, is by the students fighting for it and making sure mm-hmm. that it, that you know that African American history was included in the curriculum.
0: Do you think there needs to be more done to help HBCUs to yes. educate okay. um, youth of color?
1: So I think okay. that there are so many graduates of HBCUs. Why are we going to rely on the government to do something? you know, to do our job for us. Right. We need to do, you know, find ways to make sure that, um, you know, recruitment is high, that, you know, mm-hmm. that, 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 you know, people are giving back financially, making donations back to, you know, as their alma maters, or, or just being a part of the community or understanding the importance and significance and, you know, the preservation of HBCUs. Right. I do know that I've tried to get to a couple of those HBCUs to lecture you know, and and I haven't gone too many, and 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 then also, you know, it's important to to make sure that our young people and students, especially, understand right. the importance and significance of all of this stuff. Yeah, because because
0: mm-hmm. being a, a graduate of ACCU, and also my son, he's going to graduate from Florida A and M in May, and um, mm-hmm. one and that's of things absolutely. I tried to instill in him yesterday that um, it's important to get a well-rounded education, but also an education that, that's geared toward preparing you as a young African-American male for, you know, the world to be involved and to be active. But my last question, unfortunately, because we're running And then out of time. also,
1: you know, and I just yeah. want to say, and it's also important that we understand zakat, charity, that we have to give back, you know, that, that we have to invest in our communities and we have to invest and our colleges and universities and so forth, that it's extremely important. And I have to say, I went to a couple of, you know, I went to two different high schools, and, you Mm -hmm. know, I make sure that I always, you know, give whatever I can. I just think it's absolutely, in one of my my schools that I went to, I was only there for one year, you know, but I am absolutely involved in all kinds of alumni things and and making sure if I can't make a great donation that I get other students, you know to make sure that they understand the importance of giving back and and making sure that back. our you know, yeah
0: exactly well uh, so that we're not well, just taking, but we're yeah giving back and and yeah. all of us to try to do that more um yeah. one other thing was um uh I, and many people have a misunderstanding about their spiritual transformation and one of the things i admired about him reading about him and his his transformation um, his um, His pilgrimage to Mecca and what he learned was that you know very rarely people talk about that, but I would like you to expand on his declaration um, by any means necessary and how you saw his spiritual transformation during his life to how he changed his his views to be more inclusive yeah. of not just the African American community but other races as well.
1: Okay, now my, my parents raised my father and his siblings to understand that we are simply brothers and sisters under the fatherhood of God, that we may come from various nations, we may have various ethnic backgrounds, we may be different, gen, you know, man, women, you know, etc. But we are simply brothers and sisters under the fatherhood of God. We're all, you know, we're human beings. So right. he never, you know, felt that. Whatever it is that we're led to believe. Let's, okay, so he was a young man when he said blonde hair, blonde hair blue-eyed devil. Well, we all know, you know, if we look at the guy who terrorized Trayvon Martin, we would say that this was someone, you know, he terrorized the young man before he wow. killed him. And, 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 and so we know that, you know, look at the 50s. Look at the, you know, the dogs um, and the fire extinguishes on innocent, nonviolent um protest, you know, people who are marching nonviolently, look at what happened to them. So that was my father reacting to what was actually occurring. Well, he was only in his 20s. When he said they're blonde-haired, blue-eyed devils, he was in his 20s, right? My father only lived in the civil rights movement for 12 years but he made a significant contribution. And f- many of those years he was with the Nation of Islam, and he mm-hmm. could only, you know, he was limited in what he could say and limited in the things that right. he could do as a member of the organization. He only, you know, I don't even think he was, he was out of the nation two years um, when he made his uh, pilgrimage. Right. And, you know, you know, I'm just happy that he could go, even though he had been in the 50s, you know, he was always a man of great compassion. Um, yeah. I think that, that we just saw evolution. Whoever he was at five years old, you know, is not the person he was at 15 or 25 or 35 yeah. years old. And my father was killed when he was 39. So he was wow. always a man of great compassion because, you know, the work that he did, he did for free. He didn't, you know, have a big fancy car or a big fancy home. Wow. He was a brilliant man, and he made many millions of of dollars for the Nation of Islam because he believed in empowering our community and understanding that slavery, you know, we were just out of slavery, you know. We were enslaved, psychologically traumatized for 400 or 300 and something years that we just, for some reason, you know, it's like, I don't know if we don't want to know about it, you know, I I don't understand that, but um, so... I think that um, you know my father was, you know, was young and he continually grew and evolved and and got better and better and better and I'm just so right. proud of him. Yeah,
0: and and that's one of the things I learned too um, as I as I blog and write about education and family and family values that I'm learning that you know people sometimes do go through emotional transformation and like you, you just said that Malcolm X, at that time, he went through a transformation because during his process of maturing and growing up, and I think a lot of people um, don't think about that important aspect of his life as he grows up and matures, that there is always a change and there, are, there is always maturity during that process. And it's easy yes, for some and people and harder for others. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, you know, the reason that, Many people around the world Identify with Malcolm Is because of that transformational You know, process That, you know, you see this man Who continually evolves And, and, you know, you have to You know, have a strong mind You have to be learned, read So that you can make smart decisions For yourself And so you may think one way But always open to learning And and being a student An eternal student well,
0: what I wanna say is I, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me this evening and uh, if there are any parting thoughts or any parting um uh words of wisdom that you wanna share and also if there's any contact information that you would like to share also with our listening audience.
1: Um, well, um I I you know, I tweet <laughs> and okay. um, you know, I try I, I try to really contain myself, but um, you know, I am on Twitter, Ilyasa Shabazz, at Ilyasa Shabazz. Anyone can go to my website. I, you know, have a bunch of things there, my Facebook. I have some blogs there. Um, you know, I love everyone. Um, and, 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 you know, it's what I've been taught by both my mother and my father. And I love freely and I love genuinely, you know, and that's really, you know, all I can say. But my website, growingupx.com at dot All right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very okay. much once again, and I want to
0: wish you and your family a happy holiday and much blessings. And hopefully, we'll get together soon and we'll have another discussion, maybe a little bit longer than just the thirty minutes.
1: Yay! Sounds great. Thank you so much, William. Bye.
0: You're welcome. Bye bye. Uh,
1: okay.